really is a special, a special, special uh, situation. So without further ado, Sandy Bourbon and Mary Schultz. Oh, thanks, Tim. Yeah. Oh, that was sweet. Okay. I am Mary Schultz, and um, I just want to give you a little bit of background um, on our story. Uh, at the time that we met, it was in the early 2000s, and um, I was working as an RN at Sanford. I grew up in the Lutheran home. <laughs> My grandpa was a Lutheran pastor, and um, so always had the word available, um, have loved the Lord for as long as I can remember. Um, but our upbringing didn't have a real solid emphasis on um, the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And so that was something that I had to learn about as time went on. Do you want to introduce yourself? Well, I'm Sandy Bourbon, um, and I grew up with the a different past. I grew up um, going to church once a week, doing the Sunday thing. Um, was you know confirmed in the sixth grade, um, and uh, I don't know that um, we definitely did. I didn't definitely didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Um, had my first Bible when I was married, um, and that's what I really started to read after that. But that's another story. And um, what else am I missing? Oh, you know, I would say that I was just that girl too. That, um, you know, we went. To, I, I grew up Catholic, so we went to confession, and I was that girl that would bring in an entire legal pad, notepad, like the bigger ones, not the little ones like this. But I would bring that into confession because I was going to make sure that like I did all of my sins had to be covered in that confessional. So like I. That's what I grew up and I knew church on Sunday mornings, say your sins or confess your sins. And um, so anyway, that's, that's my past. Okay. And one other thing that I just want to highlight is your relationship with your priests or pastors. Mm. How was, how was well, that? Well, they were very intimidating to me. Not the ones, you know, like I don't, that was just my own personal relationship. Was, but again, you know, I was going in with my long list of things that I had done wrong. So. I also had a long list of Hail Marys to go scoot out and do too. So it was like, didn't want to really see them on Sunday mornings. So like, don't remember me. That's funny. Kind of. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so we're in our early 30s. And um, back, not now. I was going to say, that sounds so good. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. In the early 2000s, we were in our early 30s. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's good. <laughs> yes. Okay. So um, you you and Doug had Chase, mm -hmm. and then very shortly afterwards you had Bryn, and both of them were fairly high new babies, right, yes. with um, medical conditions and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So you wanted to take a break from babies, and you had uh, an IUD put in. Yes. But it. It was misplaced. Yes. Um, and so can you talk a little bit about what conditions happened because of, well, okay, back up. It was misplaced around Memorial Day and you, you dealt with a lot of pain through the summer. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what life was like for you? Um, well, we had a, I had this little IUD thing placed 
and it was misplaced at that time, but I didn't quite know that. Um, and I went in and um, said that something was wrong, and you know they just said the doctor at the time had said you know take twelve ibuprofen every you know four to six hours um, for a week, and then go down to ten, and then go down to eight, and then go down to six. So I was taking a lot of ibuprofen to just make it through the day, and like it was a it was very it was a tough it was very tough to just walk and sit and do all those just do all those things so about by the time i got to about six to four ibuprofen every four to six hours i just decided to go back in and say like hey something's definitely wrong and you know it was yeah so, so um finally had it removed around labor day but because that thing was in tissue where it wasn't supposed to be for a summer um it, it gave you some permanent problems, right? Yes. Yep. Chronic conditions. Mm -hmm. Can you list those chronic conditions? Yes. Um, uh, well, the pelvic floor was damaged, so there was pelvic floor myalgia, which was, you know, spasms in the pelvic floor, which then um, affects a lot of other things. So I had interstitial cystitis, which was also um, a bladder spasm thing, as well as, well as a lot of other things that happened in that area. But um, there was vulvodynia. Um, IBS, kidney stones, of course, from all the um, ibuprofen, and then ulcers as well. Okay. So you went to a bunch of different specialists because they had different areas that they were affecting. Mm -hmm. And what did the specialists tell you? Mostly told me that um, this was just, you know, something that would never go away. And, you know, here's some coping mechanisms, lots of physical therapy, or um, that's, you know, a lot, and a lot of medication. So a lot of pain pills. Pain pills with each doctor. Some had several pain pills, Valium, whatever it was, like they gave me all sorts. It was drug fest at my house. But I didn't take them all, but not all at the same time. <laughs> I mean, I had a good selection, I guess, yes. Okay, so brings a baby at this time up to toddlerish, mm -hmm. and um, you had a hard time even moving, really. Um, Walking was hard. Um, anytime you moved, it would cause those spasms to happen. Um, so in order to do anything with going out, you know, functioning, what was your, what did you do? Um, I would drink, well, oxycodone was typically my, I called that my happy pill. It would let me get out of the house for an hour, hour and a half, maybe. So you'd schedule, so schedule an hour and a half. Um, and you moved to Sioux Falls in 2003. Yes. According to Doug. <laughs> information. Um, and at that time, you started at Gloria Day. Mm -hmm. And um, not at that time. Oh, 2006, but yeah. No, not the church. No, yeah. not working there. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you started attending yes. the church at yeah. Gloria Day. Yeah. And um, so you happened to be at a worship service in the morning where Pastor Heidi was preaching. And she, she had to talk a little bit about that. Um, so the message that morning, it was, it was kind of a difficult time of my life at that time because I was, um, before that time, I had made this promise um, to, to God, you know, that I was not going to um, complain about my any of my pain if he would take care of Chase, Brent, and my husband. 
So he was doing a really good job of that. Chase and Bryn were, um, like she said, had high needs when they were younger, so they were getting healthier as the time went on. And Doug was happy in his job. We were in Sioux Falls and things were good. So I was, you know, trying to keep up with my end of the deal because he was keeping up with his end. That's how I thought. And that morning, there was um, the following day, um, I was going to be in a position where I would have to either break that promise or, you know, lie. Um, and that was a tough decision that I had to make. So I, uh, the message that morning was about the sheep and, you know, the lost sheep and the shepherd. And that, um, that just really struck me that I was lost. And so later on that afternoon, I knew that or after the service, I went in or I called her and I had called Pastor Heidi and I had asked her um, if I could go share or just talk with her. And I had, you know, that was tough for me to do all on its own because I was used to not wanting to talk to anyone who was a pastor or a priest and say anything at all. And, um, but I called her and she called back and I went in to meet with her and sat with her for a little bit and told her a little bit of my story and had lots of tears, of course. But when I told her about this promise and this big dilemma that I had had, you know, she just looked at me and said that, you know, God knew that you could keep that promise when you made it. So it's just time to let it go. Um, so, but she, she helped you with that. You did great the next day, but yeah. she invited you to come to a Bible study, mm -hmm. women's Bible study. And I, I attended that Bible study just by coincidence. And so um, that's how we met formally. Um, and so you were sitting like here and I was sitting here. We took a quiz on optimism and out of like 20 women in the group, um, she scored highest on optimism of anybody, you know, of all of us. And then um, Pastor Heidi put her on the spot and made her share um, made her um <laughs> made her share what had happened and um so i was sitting next to sandy and um i just kind of fell apart and was was overcome with emotion um just based on her situation and what she was going through um and I, I, in my upbringing um you know when people would say that they we're praying for someone they that's what they would say I'm, I'm praying for you and or i'll keep you in my prayers and um and we didn't do a lot of things like hands-on uh, or laying out of hands or um, actually praying out loud in front of people like my dad would say the prayer the table prayer at special occasions um out loud where it was it was not come lord jesus yeah. you know but that was a big deal <laughs> Um, but Pastor Heidi had told us a story not too long before that, where she, she was in seminary and she was visiting an elderly grandma and the grandma was in, was in the hospital and she went to go visit grandma and um, she said, we're praying for you, grandma. And the grandma said, we'll pray then. And that struck me. It was like, okay, well, if, if you're in that situation where you're supposed to pray for someone, then pray them. And, and just do it. And so, um, for some reason, I was like, "You guys, we we all to, we all have to pray for Sandy right now." And, um, so I was like, "Come on, come on, let's let's put our hands on her shoulders and and let's pray for it." And I'm at the time doing, you know, the ugly, heaving, sobbing cry. <laughs> it was, it was 
not good. And so um, I, I couldn't come up with a prayer that was eloquent or that was even, it, it, all I could come up with was the benediction, which is the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And I couldn't even finish that because I was such a, such a hot mess. And I said, Heidi, can you finish? And so she did. And, and I think she actually said some words. <laughs> we were praying for Sandy. But why don't you tell what she thought of our first meeting? <laughs> I was really not a fan of Mary. No, just kidding. <laughs> I always, you know, like I said, I was very shy about prayer, about, you know, it, that, was a, that was a big step for me. And then to have this woman that is sobbing, you know, tell everybody to put their hands on me and pray over me. And then what she prayed was is what is known as the benediction. And where in my upbringing, when you heard the benediction, it was usually at a funeral. So I was like, what is this woman praying for? And why is she saying this over me right now? Because I'm not, I don't think I'm dying. I mean, it was just one of those really weird experiences, but that was what like her first. So made a great first impression there. That's great. Yeah. All right, so then um, we were involved in another Bible study that was called Alpha, um, just kind of entry-level Bible study for asking questions and trying to dig into how to, how to get started in your faith. And so at an Alpha event early after we had met, um, I asked you how you were doing. And, and the nurse in me wanted to know, how's your nutrition, how's your sleep? And so, how are, how are you, Sandy? What, what's going on? Well, I said fine, of course. But, um, and then, well, my nutrition, I, my, typically I ate pretzels and carrots, so that was my nutrition, uh, which differently. Um, and for sleeping, first of all, I, like to sleep, because I had so many spasms, like I would put pillows like all on either side of me and I would sleep with ice packs. So typically I'd get about maybe a couple hours. So a couple hours of sleep every night, you know, it was tough. But. You were super high functioning before, like yeah. energetic. You, you did a lot of things, worked a lot of jobs. Um, Multiple jobs. Yeah. Multiple. So I was like, okay, I can't really, I don't think eight hours is the thing to ask for. So I, I was like, well, what would a good night's sleep be before you were injured? And you said six hours. So my assignment then was I need to pray for six hours of sleep. So I went home and I prayed for six hours of sleep for Sandy. And then about a week later, um, I had it was Saturday night and I went to bed and it was 12 o'clock exactly. And I woke up exactly at six o'clock. So I went to church that day and um, I, Mary was going out of church and I was going into church and I told, you know, my family, I, I just got to go tell Mary one thing. And I, you know, again, kind of you know, like I didn't have a lot of movement. So I like scooted over to see Mary and I'm like, Mary you must have the gift of healing because I slept six hours. See ya. I mean, that was about it. I just like said that to her, super excited. And then I went into church and did not know how I'd spend her on her end of it. Because for me, I really, really, really wanted the gift of healing, but I couldn't ask for that. Um, and specifically to be part of your healing. I wanted to pray for your healing and I wanted you to be healed. Um, but it was too much um, because of my upbringing, I think, and because of just just the way I felt. It was it was not a humble thing to ask for. It wasn't something that I could even reach for that I should ask for that. So for her to just say, "I think you have the gift of healing," it was 
it was over overpowering for me. So um, pretty cool. Um, and now we're going to switch gears and go a little bit further. Um, you have to know that during this process, we would interact and we would talk, um, and I would keep praying for Sandy. Um, her her situation and the fact that I was praying for her was an assignment like I've never had before, and I don't know that I ever will again, that I, I just needed to pray for her. And there wasn't any choice in the matter. It was something that came from deep inside, and it was like, you just have to. So um, lots and lots of prayers, lots and lots of tears, um, praying for Sandy. Um, so we're going to switch gears, and we're going to talk about baseball. <laughs> Ahead and talk about baseball. Um, so it was a so Mary, my friend Mary, who prays for me, and that's truly how she has been known over the almost many many years that we've been together. Now I always say, you know, Mary, my friend who prays for me, and everybody knows it's Mary Schultz. But anyway, um, I was at this baseball game with my family, and my sister-in-law was there. And she also is just an awesome friend. So I was like, I must need to learn how to pray. And so I asked her at this baseball game, um, could you teach me how? Or do you, is there a book maybe that says how to pray so that I can read how to pray and learn how to pray? You know, not like read the Bible, but I wanted a book, a teach a how-to book. And so she said, sure, I have lots of books. So she said she would bring them like the following weekend. And um, the following weekend came and gone and she had come and she forgot the book. So I was kind of disappointed, but at the same time I was like, well, I guess I have to figure this out somehow. So, and then Mary at the same time. Right, I was in Denver with my sisters and my mom uh, for, for a weekend getaway. Uh, and we went to a Colorado Rockies game. Neither Sandy or I are real baseball fanatics um, and rarely go to baseball games, but we just both happen to be at baseball games. Um, <laughs> so um, I'm at this Rockies game, and then after the game, in downtown Denver, there's this bookstore. It's like three stories tall, called The Tattered Cover. And um, we went into the bookstore, and my sisters and I were, and were browsing, and I wanted a specific book. Um, my a girlfriend from work had recommended The Power of the Praying Wife, and I, um, so I, I was looking for that. And in this huge bookstore, they had a Christian book section that was like the size of a closet and they just didn't have a lot of selection on um, for Christian books and so they had one book by that author that the same author but a different book and so I picked it up and I was kind of thumbing through it and I carried it around while I did some other shopping and I went downstairs and I actually bought the book and then I sat in the lobby and I looked through the book and um, it wasn't striking me but I thought I'm going to read that book on the plane when I'm going home. And I got on the plane and I was going to open the book, but I had packed it in the luggage that was in the belly of the plane, not with me. And so I didn't read it on the plane and I got into my house afterwards and I'm unpacking it sat on my kitchen counter for a few days. Um, and I just couldn't get into this book. It just sat there and like, it, it just wasn't striking me. So I, um, bought this book in Denver, brought it home, and then I called Sandy and I'm like, hey, is it okay if I come over? <laughs> She's like, sure. <laughs> My friend Mary is praying for me. Can we over to Mass? Yes. Yeah, so I, I just handed you a book. 
and the book title was The Prayer That Changes Everything. So that was the title of the book, but, but it wasn't supposed to come from my sister-in-law. It was supposed to come from Mary. It's kind of cool. Yeah. But we had little things like that that happened for a lot, like the many, many, many things. So that's just one. So yeah, lots of coincidences, lots of diff different things where um, God just showed up and oftentimes made us laugh, mm -hmm. um, laugh out loud. And Okay, so um, next thing up is the shower. Actually, it starts with money. It starts with money. Yes, so in the morning, um, I was paying bills. And like I said, things were, you know, life was going good for us. You know, Chase and Brenda were doing better, but all of my, and Doug was doing great at work. And, um, but all of our money seemed to me, what I felt was going back towards me. I felt very selfish. And I had all these medical bills and, you know, physical therapy things and sessions and occupational therapy things. It was just a lot. So I just was praying that we could just get past this and move on. And so um, that's what I prayed for that morning. And it seemed ridiculous at the time. Or just, I just, it was a need that I wanted to like make my family happy, to give us more time together. Um, and so I was praying for money. And then um, I went to shower and in my shower, um, that's typically when I would cry and pray and be angry. Because I just didn't want others to know that that's how I was feeling. So I would just kind of let that go out of the shower. And this particular day, um, I got out of the shower, and in the mirror was this image of Jesus with his arms opened. And I had this great, just a beautiful peace just fall over me. It was just beautiful. And then he looked down to his left, and in the mirror appeared this, um, I called it a man-baby face. And Frankenstein. So it was a beautiful image, then turned and looked, and it was this man, like I said, Frankenstein and man baby. And so it kind of scared me a little bit, and I was like loving it, and then like, well, what is that? And so um, went and got my husband, showed him the shot, like showed him in the mirror, you know, like he could see it. My actually, my sister in law and brother in law came over that day, steamed up the shower again, showed them they saw this image in the mirror, and of course, I had to call my friend Mary and say, what? is this and she then happened to be mopping and i interrupted her so happy day yeah, i hate mopping and so i was super happy that she called during that time to interrupt <laughs> and i could just stop so she told me that she'd seen these characters and she was really freaked out and uncomfortable and i'm like well jesus is in the mirror it's okay right so and i had been reading this book called paul by walter weingren and in it he describes paul as kind of an odd character he had a big head and springy legs and I thought well surely the man baby is Paul. <laughs> surely. <laughs> and then um, the Frankenstein I was thinking well that's just something like Peter you know he's a big burly fisherman with kind of a blockhead where you know so I'm thinking Peter and Paul where am I going to find Peter and Paul together in the Bible so I said I'll just start with Acts and I started reading through Acts 
you get to Acts 3, and there's um, a scene where not Peter and Paul, but Peter and John are walking up to the temple gate uh, called Beautiful. And there's a beggar there. And the beggar asks for money. And Peter says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus, walk. And he's healed. So I called Sandy back, and I, I told her the story. And um, finish that. She just said, does this mean anything to you? And I was like, well, yes, because just that morning, you know, that's what I had prayed for. And what she was telling me is that there was this healing of get up and walk. So like, it's not just about money, it's about much more. But for me, I just had no idea what that meant. Yeah, but it was great. Yeah. So, um, the next thing that is on my list to talk about is Mark. Um, so um, I, my routine would typically be that I would get up each morning um, early because of course I wouldn't have a lot of sleep. So I get up early, I do my quick little um, 15 minutes of elliptical because that's one of my physical therapy things. Um, and then I would wrap myself in a blanket, you know, ice packs, blanket, fireplace on, and start reading scripture. And in Mark, uh, there is Mark 5, and it talks about the demon-possessed man pigs, and that is my least, I just was really arguing with God as I was reading this, like, why is this in here? I don't want to read this. It's disgusting. And I don't like demons and I don't like pigs. And I just would like them together. And I truly am like having this huge little argument in my head with him. I'm just like going on and on and on, just talking really fast at him, trying to get through this, the the um, the chapter and just not wanting to be in it at all. And then I hear Sandy. And um, instantly I'm a little bit annoyed at my husband because he knows since we lived in a multi-level and like I had to go down steps. Steps are not easy for me. So I thought for sure he wanted me to come up. And I'm like, I'm down here. I yelled at him and I hear nothing. And then I think, well, maybe it's Jason Brent. So then of course that makes me get up. So I go up the steps, um, check on my daughter, check on my son. They're both sleeping soundly. And then I check on my husband and he is also sleeping soundly. And so I wake him because of course I should. I wake him and say, what did you want from me? <laughs> now that I'm all the way back up back up here. And I said, I'm asleep. I don't know what you're talking about. And so I realized that that was not Doug. And that was um, the Lord pretty mad at me for arguing with him about these demons and the pigs. And um, so, of course, I just got scared, laid in bed. I like jumped back in bed, like covered up, and then realized, oh, I should probably actually go listen to what he wants from me. And so, of course, I went all the way back upstairs and uh, tried my hardest. But of course, he was done talking to me. Yeah, so we left off Mark 5, Demons and Pigs in the Sand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you started to work at Glory Day in 2006, and you were working about how many hours? 11. 11 hours a week. And, um, and that was hard. Mm -hmm. You had your hour and a half increments if you were um, you were you had a big project that you were working on. I did. 
exciting weekend for the, the kids to get started again. And so um, I was taking, adding on a lot of fun things that I thought would be great, of course. And um, so there was a lot of extra, um, a lot of extra, we'll just say that. And I was in a ton, a ton of pain. There was a lot of pain that went with that, but it just was, it was just a lot. Yeah, and then, so adding to the typical pain, you also had bleeding issues. And it wasn't just normal female bleeding. It was go home and change your clothes bleeding. So there was, it was problematic during that time. Yeah. So I was working at Gory Day also part-time as the director of Lane Ministry. And I came up to her as she was sitting, um, typing at the computer and I said, how are you doing? And she said, fine. And I said, how are you really doing? And she said, fine. And I could tell, you know, she was hurting and um, I, I just wanted to pray again. And so I said, can we step into the hallway and, um, and I'll pray for you? And, and again, like Mary was the one who always prayed for me. So I was kind of reluctant, I guess, maybe the word I would use, like, just like, okay, we're gonna go pray. I just kind of did it more for her. Like, okay, we're just gonna go pray. I wanna get back to work. I just wanna get this done. I need to go home. I need to get back. It was just, we'll go pray. So we went over to this little corner in the church and um, Mary prayed. And my prayer wasn't different than any of the other prayers that I had prayed for her. Um, I just, it, and I, it wasn't eloquent. It wasn't beautiful. There was no magic words. I just said, God, she just really wants to work for you. And if you could, um, you know, there was that woman that was in the crowd and all she had to do was touch the hem of your clothes and you healed her. And could you just please heal Sandy? Just, just make her better so that she can work for you. Pretty much that was the whole gist of the prayer. And, um, and then you went, back to work for a little bit, went back home uh, to do my little change, and um, there was there was no blood. So I called Mary and I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. There's no blood. That's what I said. And through that weekend, um, again, it was a very intense weekend because I made it intense, of course, and I added on to things because that was the first time that um, I, like, quietly, I didn't want to tell anyone that I, you know, like, was feeling different because it just didn't feel like it was um, it could be true, right? And there had been little glimpses previous to this. Like he would get, you know, like I would have this day of where the Lord would just, I swear, put his hand up and let me play with Chase for a day or for a couple hours and then it would just go away. But it was as if I didn't know how long this would last. So I didn't say anything. I just knew I wanted to have a great weekend with a lot of kids. And so I did that weekend, and I can remember everybody asking me, like, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, do you need more pain pills? Or Doug asked me, do you need, you sure you don't need some more ice packs? And I was like, nope, just, I think I'm good for now. And um, Monday, because I knew that this was how I was, like, I would do extra, and then I would set up all my doctor appointments because I knew I'd have to go in and um, 
fix everything that I screwed up, kind of. Um, <laughs> and so I had already had these appointments set up for the following week. And so that Monday I went in uh, to my regular appointment and um, one of my first of the many. Um, but this, I had this physical exam and my doctor said, she right in the middle of the, the exam, she just looked at me and she said, Sandy, and I said, I know. And just, she said, this is not your body. Like I have been with you all these years. It's completely normal. And um, it was like that with each doctor that I went to, it was just completely normal. I think you even called me and said, I did. I said, I'm I, normal. I, I, called, I called Mary, my friend Mary prays for me, and I said I was normal. And I called my pastor, and I said, I am normal. So that was just a very odd experience. Very cool. Very good. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Um, oh. But I want you to know, like, as I was, you know, yelling, being argumentative with the Lord while I'm reading Mark. Um, there are, had I just shut up and read, three, three verses after the story that I was in, it talks, it says, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought if I just touched his clothes, I would be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she had freed from her suffering. Three verses later, had I just stopped <laughs> the noise in my head and complaining about what was, what I was reading, like I maybe would have had a glimpse. I'm shocked. That's good too. This timing is good. It's good. All right. So in the in the fogged up mirror, you saw Peter and Paul, mm -hmm. and Jesus looked down and, and pointed you in that direction. a little bit about the vision for Trey and how that built up? Um, looking at back at that now, like the Peter and Paul, even though it didn't, like it did lead us to Acts and um, all of that, I feel as if um, the Peter and Paul and how he looked so kindly at them that I was kind of disturbed by them, whatever. <laughs> um, but Peter and Paul is, you know, like, Together, they have built the church and, and uh, church meaning people, you know, us as a church, like um, the church home, but also disciples, like with having young people go and do. And I kind of feel like Trey, um, when I look back at that and I think about Trey today, it's kind of the, the mission of Trey. Our mission is to provide a place of you know, belonging, purpose, and hope. And we know that that's in Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. So um, belonging, purpose, and hope, when I think of Peter and Paul together, working together, that's what their mission was. And so it's kind of interesting that that many years ago, this is where we're at today. Um, so when when we first started at Gloria Day, you were with little, little, little 
school and you grew um, in your faith and in your knowledge of scripture as they grew and um, so into teenage years and then after the teenage years there was it was kind of like there wasn't a spot for them they, they went through church school and confirmation and high school youth group and then there wasn't anything for them and you really felt the need to provide a spot for them we would go on mission trips together and um, learned a few things about planning mission trips through that. Um, the first few years, you would plan a mission trip and it would be to the second, right? You'd plan it all out. It is, yes. It would be like literally at least every half an hour, you would know where your kids were at, where we were going, what it would be like. You know, it was very detailed. And how often did that actually Never. <laughs> Never. I tried hard. And then I would try harder for the year after that. I tried harder. You know, like I tried really hard to get some kind of a schedule. And then I think it took us about year three or four where we were like, well, it's just going to happen. And the beauty, the beautiful part of that is that every time it would get rearranged, it would fit better than what I had planned. You know, like it doesn't matter what I planned. God's got this greater plan and he makes it better. Than you could possibly imagine and he does it because you know we can't see what he has planned for us and we can't understand um where who we're supposed to meet but like he puts those people in our path and, and i'm so grateful for all those people that i've met over the years and we're still friends with these people and so it's it's just crazy how it works so yeah it's very good and um and then you were given the opportunity to actually find a spot that could be your vision for, for God's vision and yeah. gave you yeah. for where young adults could be. Yeah, so um, I was talking with a friend of mine um, and he had a building, uh, Trey Lounge, and so um, I was, you know, going on and on about, and I have for years, like with kids and college students and leaders, like we've always wanted to provide a space, like we said, for um, young adults to gather and to continue their faith and feel connected in some way and of course I wanted to be connected to all of them to stay in Sioux Falls and I definitely don't want them to leave Sioux Falls so let's get as connected as we can so that they stay here forever so, just, you know, that's, that's that's like the tag of item um, anyway uh, so uh, I was pitching him my idea and um, he really just gave me the nudge like just go do it and um, and he said, you like, you can, for this amount of money, like, you can have this, have this space and you can just at least try it to see if it'll work. And so um, I was driving, it was a Thursday, I was going up to see some college students at SSU, and then I went up to the NDSU in um, Fargo-Moorhead area, and it was a um, Thursday night. But Friday morning, he told me if I wired him $100,000, I could do this. And so I was in a parking lot in Wells Fargo on a Friday morning, talking to my husband, saying, I am going to take out this $100,000 line of credit. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, went in, and I, like, I had the deadline of by noon and just did it. And, um, then we just had to figure out how to make it work. It was just like a mission trip. We had made the idea to like plant it and 
we made some plans and as you guys know like there's some of them worked some of them didn't and some of them were better and like it just is crazy how it works but it all worked out for obviously Cisco you like it always does so. yeah. oh but there's a funny part of this this is where I think she was going she was like trying to get me there um when I got done from wiring the money I came out and I texted my friend Mary who prays for me and I said I think I'm going to vomit <laughs> I just did this and she sent back a text that said um, I was quoting Tim at second second, second Timothy, Timothy. Um, God did not give us a spirit of timidity um, and so be bold right yeah. and so fast forward then um, October it was our uh, opening day at Trey um, Lounger grand opening. It was just where we were just going to see if anybody showed up, right? And then um, we were going to close and open up November 1st. So this is 2018. And it's that morning. And again, I say the words, I'm going to vomit. And I also have another friend on the board. Her name's Mary Hughes. And she comes storming in, right? Like we're going to open up any, any minute. And she's like, do you have a Bible? And so I give her my Bible. She's like thumbing, thumbing through. And she goes, I woke up last night and this is for you. And of course it was 2 Timothy 1, 7. And it was just like, okay, here we go. And we had over 650 people walk through the doors that day, like letting us know like this was needed here at Sioux Falls. This is a need that we need to help fulfill. And so here we are. That's true. That's true. So a couple of things that we want you to go home with the, the idea that God is, God's will is better than our plans. Yep. Um, be in the word and in prayer and find your community. And this is, this is a good place to find community. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all, I think. Oh. <laughs> You guys have any questions? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want this to go away. <laughs> Are there any questions at all? <laughs> okay. Yes. How is your health right now? My health right now? Good. Like all of those things are. <laughs> all of those issues are gone. So, yeah. I mean, I'm a normal person. I get my stress, obviously, is still a thing for me, but none of those issues at all. So, yeah. Praise God every day. It's awful. Awful. The only thing that has at all come back a little bit is the kidney stones. And you, you had a couple of bouts with those, but. Um, There's still a few in there, you know, those kind of, some of them will never move, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. Yeah. I was very healthy before that. I, like I said, I was, I'm a, I may be called a workaholic by some people. Um, I, I very, I'm very, I enjoy working and I enjoy being around people. So I was always, uh, I was very active. So I mean, like exercising, 
I was like the kickboxing type of a girl. Like I loved that. Um, I did that like five, six times a week. And um, I, there was at one point where I was working three jobs. And I mean, I like, until I had my children, of course, then I was just all in for kids until they went to school. But then, yeah, so very healthy. Well, we will be around. So, I mean, I know that there's a lot of stuff, but we'll be around here today if you guys just want to chat. And you guys always know where I'm at. I'm always going to be at Trey as long as doors are open. So, there's that. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.